The following program is paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Gateway Mortgage Group. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Well, welcome to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 7th, and the first show of the new year. Happy New Year to all of my listeners. I am your host and mortgage expert. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in, and I'll keep you informed throughout 2017. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyr.com. And the lineup for studio today, Mark Petticourt, founder of Success Mentor and uh, speaker coach and author. Today's topic is taking the work out of networking, whether you're in the workforce, new in the workforce, establishing established entrepreneur or sales, networking is key to your success. Also in studio, Jessica Scotty with Agency One. What are the most common questions to ask your realtor? And last guest in studio, Keith Medley with final phase inspection advice on home inspections. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information on any topics discussed, please call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we're going to start at the day with a little money chat. Money. Money. It is that time of year again to prepare for your taxes. It is tax time coming up soon. Most common tax mistakes. I thought I'd break them down for you today. Uh, Unsigned returns. It's the easiest part about doing your taxes, but for some people, they forget to do it. So when you file online, you won't be able to submit the return without your type signature, two signatures if you're filing jointly. Uh, but when filing on your own, it's often often overlooked. An unsigned tax return is like an unsigned check. It's not valid in the IRS states that. So you want to be cautious to make sure you don't have that as an issue that comes up uh, for you this year. Wrong social security number. While you should have your own social security number memorized by now, taxpayers often enter the wrong numbers uh, for their children or other family members. If you're unsure of a number, get a social security cards out and copy it from that. Otherwise, you risk getting your return kicked back to you by the IRS. And you know it's not a good thing to be late when it comes to your taxes. Wrong name. Apparently, many taxpayers can't spell their names correctly. The IRS states putting the wrong name on a tax form is one of the most common errors. This mistake also comes up a lot after a person has changed their name after getting married or for any other reason. And the name that they write down on the return doesn't match the name in the IRS system. Uh, Next is wrong filing system. You should be pretty certain about whether you're married or single, but what often confuses people is whether they choose head of household or single as filed status, according to the IRS. Primarily, this is happening with divorced parents or minor children, either confused as to who's the legal entity to claim the kids uh, sets in or one of the parents is illegally attempting to claim the children and filing status uh, that accompanies them. 
Tax filing programs like TurboTax or HR H&R Block will help you figure out the right status to choose. But if you're filing on your own and unsure which status is correct for your situation, you can go to the IRS website to use their online tool. They've got a lot of great resources. Uh, mistake claiming credits or deductions. It's common for taxpayers to mistakenly claim deductions or credits that they don't qualify for or to miss out on these same tax breaks when they do qualify. The credits that are most commonly abused or neglected are earned income tax credit, the child um, and deductible care credit, and standard deduction. With the ever-increased complexity of the tax code, it's no wonder that they continue to see errors in credits and deductions. If you're filing solo, make sure that you read the instruction carefully to ensure that the quality for your given credit, otherwise the tax software should help you determine which credits can be uh, claimed and can't be claimed. And also, as you know, I have a tax advisor that comes in often in studio that can give advice, so feel free to call the show if you need any assistance there as well. Wrong bank account number. When requesting a refund via direct deposit, you must enter your bank account number on the tax return. But if even one number is off, the IRS won't be able to transfer your funds into your account and will send you back your return to fix the mistake. And if you are getting money back, that's something exciting. So you want to make sure you actually receive those funds. And math errors. The IRS states that people who file with a pen and paper are 20 times more likely to make mistakes than those who e-file. While tax software will crunch the numbers on the tax returns for you, filing on your own will require some additional and subtraction. So make sure that you double check your figures before submitting your return. If you file if you file by paper, it could take a while for the IRS to process the return and identify the mistakes before I send it back to you. So if you file electronically, however, your return will be rejected immediately if there are any any incorrect math, and you will be able to resubmit that quicker. So just remember that there's uh, new things that are coming in this year. Some things are being extended, uh, which we've talked about in studio. Other things are not. There's new um, tax laws that come into play. And again, as your host of the Money Hour, which is really the show is about money, everything that is regards to your money and having a great financial plan for this new year in 2017. So I want you to use the show as a resource, use the experts that I have come into studio as a resource and uh, connect with them to help you in any area that you are lacking and don't have expert advice. Coming up next on The Money Hour, are you trying to get into the workforce, start a new career, or are you in sales? How do you take work out of networking? Mark Petticord, founder of Success Mentor, and he's also a speaker, coach, and author right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Go where you want, when you want. With a Banner Bank Connected checking account, you can use any ATM in the world for free. That's any ATM, anywhere. Think of it as your freedom to explore. Banner Bank. Let's create tomorrow together. Unlimited surcharge rebates from non-Banner-owned U.S. ATMs. Banner Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Do you want to increase your professional effectiveness and create long-term clients who bring their friends with them? Sandy McCalla with Etiquette For You takes pride in helping professionals and companies deepen their people skills and enhance their corporate culture. Sandy is a certified etiquette consultant, speaker, and mentor with over 45 years in service industries who specializes in building successful track records. 
To get more information on a customized plan for yourself or your organization, you can call me directly at 425-209-9952 or reach me online at etiquetteforyou.com. Again, that is Sandy McCalla, Etiquette for You at 425-209-9952 or etiquetteforyou.com. I look forward to connecting with you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 7th show. I'm committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area of your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to my show. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to help you and connect you with the guest by calling the show at one 855 411150 or online at the and in studio right now Mark Petticord founder of Success Mentor and he is a speaker coach and author and Mark thank you so much first time in studio today very excited to have a conversation uh, with you about how to take the work out of networking Thank you Tina for having me and a little bit about Mark Mark is founder of Success Mentor Systems. For the last 20 years, he has worked extensively in the direct sales industry as a field rep, consultant, and inside of corporate. Having developed sales organizations in the tens of thousands, along with three business development system, Mark is an expert at sales, marketing, and team building. Mark is also an author with extensive background writing and producing corporate promotional videos. He is also well-versed in the diverse arena of new media and social media applications. He is certified by John Maxwell Leadership Team as a corporate trainer, speaker, and leadership coach. So again, um, Mark, excited to have a conversation uh, here with you about networking. I'm in sales. I'm in the mortgage arena. And I know that networking is the most important. One of my professional core practices is getting connected. And that is about networking with people that can support your business on a high level. So it's so important, but not just for people in the workplace, but in our life and our personal lives, trying to get a job. And so I'm just excited about the conversation. So awkward. How do you overcome fear when you're in networking events? Because I think that's one of the most common things that people just feel awkward and they don't feel like they belong there. Absolutely. And, and this is one of my biggest problems through the years is I, I don't like small talk. I just kind of like to get to the point. I'm kind of a direct person. I am too. So, I, <laughs> so I've had to, to really cultivate uh, you know, these skill sets of networking and push myself. And so awkward is what everybody feels pretty much. In fact... I always look around at a room and I, I realize that people are probably more afraid of me than I am of them. Yes. And so, you know, you just have to relate to everybody and where they're at. And so what I know is that practice makes perfect. And you see, people really desire a connection mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And it's really not going there to sell your products. In fact, that's the last thing you want to do. I think as we'll get into this, uh, you'll understand that networking is really a long-term practice. Yes. It's not something you do when you're desperate to Dream. get contacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you're, you're building over the long term. And I heard this uh, from, a, from a friend, is if you are awkward and you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable in a networking scenario, uh-huh. what I like to tell people to do is just imagine that you are hosting your own party. 
And uh, you want, of course, naturally, you want everyone to have a good time, right? Sure. So if you're not feeling confident, but it's your party, then mm-hmm. you're going to seek out the people that are uncomfortable, the people that uh, maybe aren't, you know, they're sitting on the sidelines mm-hmm. and they're not talking a lot. And so you're naturally, as a host, you're going to want to make them feel comfortable. So I, I think that mindset helps me. I just pretend, well, this is my party. Yeah, I see people that aren't interacting, and Mm -hmm. I just go up and I just start talking with them. How you doing? How can I help you? Yes. Can I serve you? And just put on that servant's attitude. Like it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're feeling that awkward feeling, like Mark said, no, everybody else is probably feeling the same way, so it's all good. So let's switch over to uh, social media because it's such a, a big piece of everything that we do in business, networking not being left out of that. So how do you best network through, you know, like LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Facebook? Yeah, it's it's amazing. The last few decades, well, last decade especially, social networking has become quite prominent in how people connect. and. And there, there seems to be this mystique about social networking, but the fact of the matter is, Tina, you know as well as I do, that people have been networking for thousands of years. Yes. You know, cavemen were writing on walls long before Facebook, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it's really the the rules are the same. Everything is really the same. It's a it's a matter of really making a connection, finding out what people want, mm-hmm. serving their best interests. And understanding that the rules in social media do not differ. People don't want to be spammed with your offer. That's not the first thing that should come out of your mouth. You should find out about them, what they want, what Mm -hmm. they're doing. And so again, it's that, it's that long-term courtship process I refer to, uh, that, that really defines, uh, good networking practicing practices. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And I always talk about the 80, 20 rule and the the key is, is to be 20% of the conversation and 80% of the listening. So on that note, let's talk about how you talk about yourself and in a networking event, obviously you want to have a little conversation about who you are, but how do you do that? Oh, that's another difficult thing for me to do. I don't, particularly like to talk a lot mm-hmm. about myself, so I am naturally more of an interviewer. Yes. But when people do ask, that's when people kind of get tongue-tied and they don't know what to say. But I think, in general, the book that has probably helped me the most in this area is a book that was written in 1936, and you, I know you've hmm. read it, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence oh, People, yes, Dale definitely. Carnegie. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a, that old of a book. Yes, 1936. <laughs> it was among, and, and he wrote the book because yeah. he saw that salespeople were just abusing people. They were yeah. trying to sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And so, so he wrote the book, and the principles are really simple. Be genuinely interested in people. Mm-hmm. You see, talking about yourself, it's not saying, well, I do this, I do this, and then you give them the fire hose. It's really, you first frame it in terms of being genuinely interesting in people, smile, be a good listener. These are real basic things. Remember their name. Yes. How many times do we forget people's yeah, names? That's yeah. really tough for most yeah. people. Uh, make them feel important. Focus on their interests. This is really important. And so in that particular exchange, you'll mm-hmm. be asked, well, what do you do? Yeah. And that's where your unique selling proposition comes in. We've so all heard that term. Let's talk about that, Mark, because um, I believe in everything that we do that we're scripted when and scripted to me is when you have total confidence in the message that you're communicating. And it's really important to be prepared up front, confidence, power, and be to the point. When we talk about a unique proposition, that's not about rambling about yourself. It's being powerful in the scripted message that you've prepared up front to get the ending result that you want. Yeah, you nailed it. And a lot of people will stumble over when someone asks them what you do. Well, I'm a, 
Mm-hmm. I'm a realtor and mm-hmm. I sell houses. Well, you and two million other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I work at Boeing. Well, you and 175,000 other sure. employees. And so, or you do mortgages. Yeah, yeah I do mortgages. <laughs> There's <laughs> so, a few of us out there. <laughs> yeah, so there is a unique mm-hmm. in in the USP. But it is interesting, Tina, I found some history about USPs and where they came from. They were actually developed in the 40s by television advertisers. Okay. And the purpose was to get people to switch brands, to convince people to switch brands. So now, And it's marketing. It's got to be quick. Yes. Now, is that is that the purpose of USP? Today's market, no. Mm-hmm. In today's market, the USP is really to highlight how you can benefit others with your services. So, so that it has you can to be, connect with them. Right, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So uh, I just recommend that people take time to, to really connect first, ask questions, yes. and then have an answer. You know, what is it you do? Yes, yeah. And uh, so I, I, for me personally, I use an acronym. Uh-huh. I like to help people. Uh-huh. I believe in honesty and integrity and, mm-hmm. and being candid with people. I, yeah. I like to educate and provide resources. Yes. I teach leadership development. Mm-hmm. I help people find their purpose. And so I use an acronym. So that works for me, and that's kind of an abbreviated. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. I also believe uh, mistakes, there's mistakes made in everything, and mistakes are actually uh, huge opportunities because when you watch for them, then you can figure out a way to avoid those. So let's talk about some mistakes that people make. What should they not be doing at a networking event, Mark? Well, I think don't go as a recruiter, a seller, or a convincer. Okay. I can tell you that right now. It's uh, you're not a stalker. You're, you're here at a networking event to provide and seek value that comes from an authentic connection. It's really important mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. authentic. That's what people want in sure. this day and age. They've always wanted that. It's just yeah. that the, 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 the whole interruption marketing thing that's happened over mm-hmm. the years has, has caused people to want to sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And now, you know, because, uh, you know, we're in more of a connected, more information age society, people can simply just mute you just like they can on the sure, TV and they can sure. just turn you off. And so I think the main thing in the mistakes is just going to prospect and to try to find leads. And if you come at a, to a networking event and you're, you're, you're selling and you're talking with people out of desperation, sure, they're gonna it read will that. be reflected. Yeah, and yeah. I like the, that you use the word authentic because, again, you mentioned earlier when you go to a net- networking uh, event, think of it as your own party. So think about this when you're connecting with, with people that you want to do business with because that's why we're out there networking. Time is limited. So we do have a, a purpose for being there. But take that out of it and look up authentically just like you would with your friends. Why are your friends your friends? And that's really what we're doing. We're going to connect with people and become friends with people we want to do business with. So I, I love that. So let's talk about the hidden long-term values of networking because majority feel you go to a networking event and you're going to get magically the results that you want quickly. It doesn't happen. It's a courting process. So can you talk a little bit about that, Mark? Yeah, it's funny because I use the example of a courtship process for years. I've used That's that. That's funny. I'm and reading I, your mind. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, 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 I've spoken in front of audiences and crowds and different things. And I, you know, I didn't marry my wife on the first date. Mm-hmm. You know, we courted. I didn't just try to get the ring on the finger. And so that process is so important. And I think the main thing is when you go to a networking event, you need to go there. We need to go there as the solution not the problem. Yes. We need to we need to we need to go there not in a needy way, mm-hmm. but in a way that a power where we can strength where we yeah. can go out and help people find what they want. And so the long-term hidden values of network marketing is is 
the fact that, that these activities of networking in, in your job only represents about a third of your life. Yes. Your whole life's in front of you. And so when you go to a networking event, you can establish long-term connections that will have a compounding effect and yeah. will bring business in in a big way mm-hmm. as long as you follow the principles of just, uh, I, I call it slight edge. It's just small contacts, mm-hmm. little contacts dripping on people, serving them, sure. finding out what they want mm-hmm. over periods of time. And the compounding effect's amazing. Have you read uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy? Actually, I have. One of my favorite books. Yes, so we So, I mean, we've talked about a lot of information here in a short period of time. And, and I love how, um, you know, you and I connect, are connected on the same path and, and beliefs because this is such a key part to uh, building a strong network of people that want to support your business. And you talked about problem. You want to be a solution. I believe that a problem, there's no problems. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to be able to supply, pr- supply a solution for whatever problems that that individual or that person is uh, dealing with. And the majority are dealing with the same one. So it's easy to find that out. So can you bring that into conversation or how would you strike a conversation in a networking event, Mark? Yeah, I think the best way to to strike up a conversation is just be genuine uh, and and become an expert interviewer. Mm, that's okay. it's really important. Um, that's not hard for me. I love to ask questions. I've always done that. I kind of feel like I should have been a, in the legal profession, but but people love being asked questions, and so that's the best way. Is find out what they want. Listen with your eyes mm-hmm. when they answer. Mm-hmm. There's one thing about you know, well, you're looking at your watch, or you're looking away, or you're finding someone across the room. And they're trying to talk with you, but if you connect with people, yeah. look in their eyes and really mirror and match them, mm-hmm. you know, find out how their body language is. If they're really assertive, then you can be a little bit more assertive if they're mm-hmm. kind of laid back. And so these are just little things that you can do to really connect and how to break the ice and open And up. you can figure that out by your first handshake, because if they're assertive, it'll be a strong shake. And if mm-hmm. they're not so much, it'll be a little lighter or they'll put their hand over That's your right. hand. And it's it's kind of uh, some magic going on there. A uh, minute before I need to take us uh, to commercial break, but I want to talk about presence online and how important or not to have a presence in a place to where you can send people like a website to where they can get more information on you. Oh, absolutely. It's important. It, it really is important to have a landing page or a website or a Facebook uh, fan page or a LinkedIn presence, which I can't, uh, I can't tell you how serious and how important that is to have a great LinkedIn process. And so I think it's important to serve people through a blog if you can mm-hmm. and create value. I know you do that, Tina. You have some f- amazing tools and resources that you use to really serve people and give people a lot of opportunities like myself today. Yeah. And so I really appreciate that. So the main thing is just develop your LinkedIn profile. That's the simplest thing to do. And then really, it's not stagnant. It's something that that, that, that can be modified and changed and mm-hmm. updated continually and always seek to add value to people. That's the most important thing. And I loved how you said landing pages because that is the coolest invention. A landing page really is a mini website, but I have landing pages for everything, all of the events that um, are taking place, my education, my show. And so it's really easy when you embrace in in technology and and relatively inexpensive uh, to get these things uh, done. Speaking of website, how can my listeners get a hold of you, Mark? Outside of calling this show, how can they connect with you online? Well, it's real simple. Just go to successmentor.com, just S-U-C-C-E-S-S, mentor, M-E-N-T-O-R.com. And you can connect with me there and uh, be happy to serve you and add value to you in any way that you need it. Wonderful. Mark, thank you so much for uh, visiting me in studio. I really appreciate you sharing your wealth of information with my listeners. Thank you, Tina. 
Coming up next on the Money Hour, are you thinking of getting into the real estate market? What are the common questions you should ask your realtor? Well, I have in studio Jessica Scotty with Agency One right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you a woman in business or a brand that wants to help them figure out how to take their business to the next level? Do you have questions about how to effectively and safely use social media to build your brand and business? Are you ready to live your purpose out loud every single day, but not sure how to make it happen? Are you looking to start a thriving business, uncover new ideal clients, or find your dream job? Have you been trying to put your brand story together, but keep getting stuck? Deborah Trapin of D11 Consultants is a well-respected expert who speaks, writes, and consults on the topics of personal brand, digital marketing strategies, and living a fired-up life. Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting helps entrepreneurs build businesses and lives they love by attracting ideal clients with a solid brand message and simple digital marketing strategies. Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting is passionate about inspiring entrepreneurs to define their personal brand to build a business and life they love. Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting is excited to help you get fired up and on your way to building a successful business and life. This is Deborah Trapin of D11 Consulting. To learn more about my firm, connect with me on social media, or sign up for a free consultation, please visit my website, d11consulting.com. Be sure to sign up to fire up on my email list and you will receive a free core values exercise to get you started defining your personal brand and building a life you love. If you prefer email, send me a note at Deborah at D11consulting.com. Again, to learn more about my services, connect with me on social or sign up to fire up, visit D11consulting.com. I look forward to connecting with you soon. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 7th show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information on market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests I have in studio or chat with your host, you can call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. Right now in studio, I'm going to have a conversation with Jessica Scotty with Agency One. Jessica, thank you so much. You're another first time uh, guest with me in studio. Yes, and I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Tina. Very excited to uh, share with my listeners uh, questions and things that they need to ask their realtor. And before we get into that, I want to give a little background about uh, Jessica. Jessica serves as a commercial and residential real estate investment advisor and has been in the business for 17 years. She has worked as a licensed real estate broker in three states and has specialized in sales and multifamily income property as well as residential buying and selling specialist. For the last eight years, Jessica's main focus has been in residential sales in both Oklahoma and 
right here in Washington. Uh, Jessica is an aggressive and knowledgeable advisor in several market areas and has been successful in serving her clients with the most up-to-date and accurate information within the marketplace. Prior to becoming a residential specialist, Jessica managed property portfolios for private investors, which consisted of over a thousand units. She specialized in project management for multifamily properties, new development, condo conversions, and hotel renovations. Jessica's unmatched work ethic, strong leadership skills, and exceptional real estate knowledge gained by working on the principal side of numerous acquisitions and developments give her clients the security they need Mm -hmm. for their real estate investments and undoubtedly sets her above her competition. And that's why I invited her in studio. So Jessica, let's get right into it and share with my listeners most common questions for a rural tour. So if you're ready to buy a home, what is the first step is a question that they should be asking. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny because believe it or not, a lot of buyers, first time home buyers, don't realize they need to get pre-approved for a loan. They get pre-qualified and sort of talk to a lender and kind of sort of know they have a good credit score. And, you know, they call me and say, hey, I went to that open house in Shoreline. Can we write an offer? Yeah. And we laugh about it later. But at the time, it's like that's when my home buying um, consultation comes into play. I got to really sit them down and go from beginning to end. And and so, you know, a lot of buyers feel like their questions are stupid. And, and my job is to make them feel comfortable and like they're in a safe place. So going over the first step is you got to get pre-approved for a loan. Yes. Um, and that's where then you would come into play. My mm-hmm. preferred lender, um, you know, I explained to them they're in great hands with you. And, uh-huh. and you just kind of everything falls into place from there. But, you know, the bad news is, no, we can't write an offer on the shoreline home yes. because they won't even look at it. Exactly. You know, your offer needs to come with a pre-approval. And a, a big thing with your real estate professional is knowing that they're going to tell you exactly what you do and what you need to do and when to do it to make sure that you're successful. And someone that's not doing that really is not looking out for your best interest in making the process go smoothly. So as being a mortgage professional myself, I know how important credit is. But what do you share with your clients when it comes to credit? Well, you know, again, back to that first time home buyer, um, they will go online. And although the internet is a wealth of knowledge, it yes. also has a lot of misconceptions. They plug in, what's the best rate today? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, great. I've got a 700. So I'm going to get that best rate. And that's not the case. Yes. And so really gently guiding them into the lender's hands and saying they can explain this in greater detail. But your credit score is extremely important mm-hmm. with regards to the terms um, of your loan, your yes. rate, um, and ultimately your purchase power. Yes. Um, and your monthly payment, um, because that's a big deal for my clients. Is you know I don't want them to be house poor. They don't want to be house poor. Sure. So it's like let's. It's my job to make sure we stay in those parameters. So Jessica, what do you um, consult and talk to your clients about multiple credit polls and and the effect that they have that that has to credit or how important is that in your conversation? So this gets my blood boiling, not like with my clients, but just the general misconception. And it's it's unfortunate. And again, uh-huh. it's a lot of buyers are like, God, I just feel stupid. I didn't want to ask you this question. Well, they feel that they're cornered into working with, let's just say, Bank of America, yes. Chase, because they think their credit's going to be dinged every time they get mm-hmm, an inquiry. Mm-hmm. And that's 
the furthest thing from the truth. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, a good analogy is, okay, you're going to go get a loan for, or you're going to get a new credit card. You're going to apply for five different credit cards. Those are five separate loans, so you're yes. going to get dinged. Yes. But the FICO scoring system is meant to protect the consumers, mm -hmm. and it is considered one inquiry, no matter how many lenders you go to and seek out. So once they hear that, it's like this huge weight's lifted off their shoulders, and it's yes. like... Because it's like probably the biggest financial decision they're going to make, yes, right? Yes. One of them. Yes. So it's important that they start on the right path. Exactly. And as long, just a little disclosure there, as long as with, when, within a period of time, depending on the credit bureau, is going to be dependent on what that time frame is. But yes, yes that is um, a great advice, Jessica. So how many homes should a client see? And I know that the answer is going to be different depending on what's happening in the market. But right now with our market, with all these multiple offers, the lack of inventory, how are you coaching around the importance of yeah. seeing homes and how many they should see? So I always say this is not a one-size-fits-all. Yes. I've got the one we just closed, Tina. Mm -hmm. I showed them on the third home is the one we got under contract. Yes. Um, I've got clients. I show 20-plus homes, and I just give them the disclaimer of the market we're in right now. Uh -huh. We are in a market that's extremely competitive. And so I give my spiel on that. I give them the facts, and I say, look, I want you to feel comfortable, though. I don't want you to feel pushed into this. I don't want you to make any decisions that you're not comfortable with. However, we need to make sure you're within your criteria. So yes. it's my job to keep them there. And if they start getting frustrated or I sense frustration, then we'll have a sit down. We'll revisit things. And, mm -hmm. you know, example, I had a buyer who was getting frustrated. And I said, let's just let's calm it down. Let's sit down. Um, do you have to have a formal dining room? Well, no. OK, yeah. so let's change that you know what in fact I don't have to have two baths I can have one and a half boom right there mm -hmm, 30 mm -hmm. more homes pop up in the portal and and they went under contract a week later yeah so it's my job as their agent to keep them cool calm and collected and make sure that they're informed and you know that's that is really great uh, Jessica and if you're listening right now your realtor really what they're there for as Jessica explained is to really manage the situation and the emotions that are happening because it's a huge purchase and so if you're if you're not feeling connected with the person that you're working with and they haven't acknowledged and recognized how to bring you back in and to get you into that comfort zone maybe that relationship is not working and that's one of the talents that you have to have as a real estate professional or to be honest in any sales position that you're in is helping your clients to, to be in a great emotional space so that they can be successful and have a successful outcome. So Jessica, let's talk about the search and how clients should be searching for a home. So again, um, you know, age of information, internet is, is such a wealth of knowledge. And most oftentimes, I'd say 99% of the time, when I have a new referral or a new client, they've already got like 10 searches set up. Yes. I mean, and, and it, that's great. And I say, and I encourage that because if they're comfortable navigating those search engines, then then don't don't reinvent the wheel. Uh -huh. um, but I do offer them my personal MLS portal. And as a licensed real estate agent, that is a good way for us to be um, cohesively working together so I can see the homes they discard. I can see the homes that they put hearts by. And, and it's a good interactive tool for us. Yes. Um, so that's one way. I mean, really, again, it's just whatever, you know, search engines you're on, keep yeah. it up. Because yes. I've had situations where I don't want to name the name, but, a you know, a competitive brokerage uploaded a pending property before my MLS did. And uh -huh, I was like, uh -huh. and my client was like, text message me, darn it, it went pending. And I go, no, it didn't. Yeah. You know, it's so it's good for them to keep those because at the end of the day, I tell them you're going to be more of an expert in this area than mm -hmm. I am because uh -huh. you're on it all day long. Sure. I'm servicing multiple clients. Yep. 
So, and they know what they want at a higher exactly. level than you could ever because sometimes it's it's hard for clients to even know what they want until they see something exactly. and realize that they do. Yes, right? exactly. So, Jessica, what about uh, safety of neighborhood? So this is one of the most common questions I get, and it's understandable. My, you know... Clients, I'm I'm an expert in my field, so they expect me to give them advice on certain things like neighborhoods and like crime rates and all that kind of stuff. Well, here's the thing. It's considered steering, and I can't. And mm-hmm. th- most oftentimes they're shocked. They're like, really? Like, you can't? I'm like, no, but I can direct you. So my advice to anybody who's looking to buy a home, and you pretty much know the area you want to be in, start mm-hmm. doing your due diligence. Start looking into the schools crime rates again internet has everything you yes. could possibly want to know yeah um and and so that way we're not getting into a situation where we're kind of like the blind leading the blind okay well we're gonna go look and then we get under contract and mm-hmm. then you're like getting cold feet yes that again is my job as your agent to keep all of that ahead of the curve before we make start sure they looking. have all the information that they need before yep. they start getting serious in the market absolutely so uh, Jessica, I know a common question uh, is you know how does a realtor uh, real estate professional get paid oh my god so this one kills me um, <laughs> because I could look back on how many missed opportunities just thinking like god did I have bad breath or like why are these people walking away from me <laughs> like I'm not like hardcore pressing them here you know uh-huh. what's going on yeah. so it's them feeling the stupid question. Yeah. Well, finally, one of my buyers said, well, I thought I had to pay your commission. Yeah. And I said, oh, good Lord, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. So then, then you know, serious conversation, all joking aside. Okay, mine, my commission is pre-negotiated by the seller, always, mm-hmm. end of story. Um, you need to have a real estate agent, whether it's me or somebody else representing yes. you. It's extremely important to have somebody backing you. Um, you know, you're receiving my service for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask that you be loyal to me. But other sure. than that, you know, I'm going to look out for your best interest. Um, they're thinking I have to do a down payment. I have yeah. to do closing costs and I've got to pay you 3%. Yes. Um, I had a friend from New York when I lived there, just moved into town and they called me to to find a lease before they're ready to buy. And uh-huh. well, okay, so what do we owe you? And I said, you don't owe me you don't owe me anything, yes. you know, so yeah. it's just, you know, it's, it's a mis, it's a common misconception. Yes. So you'd mentioned down payment. We've talked to and, and mentioned fees. So talk a little bit about uh, outside of the um, down payment, other fees that are associated. So that's another big one because first time home buyers, you know, I mean, they're scraping all the money they have just for their down payment. And uh-huh. there's these little, little fees that come up and they're like, oh man, like $500 for inspection. Yes. So there's an inspection and I call that risk for reward because uh-huh. if we move on from that particular home, then you don't get that money back. Yes. So typical inspection fees, 350 on up to 500, sometimes more depending on how you know intense your inspection is. You might want to do mold. You might uh-huh. want to do additional inspections on yes. the property. Yep. Um, but typically you just do the home inspection termite and then, you know, a sewer scope. Uh-huh. Um so there's also the appraisal fee, yes. which that is, you know, the lender's job to explain that. And also mm-hmm. the agent's job to explain that that is an upfront Another cost. Another fee, upfront fee. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be credited back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their credit inquiry fee. And then the big one is the earnest money. Yeah. They don't realize that they need to be prepared to have 1% to 3% ready to go uh-huh. once we get signed around. Yes. So, and, and the good thing about that is at the end, it's kind of a little reward. They, a lot of times, will forget they have it in there. Uh-huh. And then when you give them that, big number that they have to bring then in we the closing. Look good. Yeah, everybody looks good. <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah, so so the inspection fee, the cost of the appraisal, um, and then the earnest money, which is going to be credited. So if you're yes. doing a zero down loan, um, having the cost taken care of in the loan or uh, through the seller, uh, that money's going to come yep. back to you at closing. So what about the uh, the process and how long that takes? I know it's another individual. Th- uh, determination on what they're trying to accomplish, but how do you coach your clients there? I mean, I give them the general rule of thumb, 30 to 45 days. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's it's a lot of it is doing the dance with the lender. And I explain yes. to them the importance of our relationship that you yes. and I have, Tina, as far as mm-hmm. being on the same page. Yep. You know, if you're listening, I have a 30-day closing guarantee. Yeah, and that's so. what I was just going to chime in there, <laughs> yeah. that that guarantee helps yes. me when I present an offer. Because... Yes. You know, it's considered an extremely strong offer when I can guarantee a 30-day closing, especially in a market that's so quick and go, Mm -hmm. go, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's important to make sure that you've got those timelines set up with all of your professionals and what they're going to be able to do for you. I've got to wrap things up here, uh, Jessica, uh, for our time together. But before I do, common question, keys. When do they get their keys? So that's the funnest question because I love giving my clients keys. Um, but they think I signed my loan docs, I brought uh-huh. my check in, give me my keys. It's like, no, we got to go. You got to get the loan funded. Mm-hmm. And I'll wrap it up here. We got to get the loan funded, get recording numbers, and then it's in your name. You are the yeah. legal owner. Yeah. Love so it. So there's a few more processes other than mm-hmm. just signing the loan docs and handing keys. Yes. Jessica, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to uh, have you in studio with me. Look forward to having you uh, come back on the show again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Coming up next in the Money Hour, advice on home inspection. Keith Medley with final phase inspection right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Go where you want, when you want. With a Banner Bank Connected checking account, you can use any ATM in the world for free. That's any ATM, anywhere. Think of it as your freedom to explore. Banner Bank. Let's create tomorrow together. Unlimited surcharge rebates from non-Banner-owned U.S. ATMs. Banner Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Are you near retirement? Recently transferred to a new job and wondering what to do with your old 401k? Are you interested in learning about how to create a defensive and offensive strategy for your financial plan? Tony Sablon of Eagle Strategies can help you analyze your current financial plan, life insurance, and investments. Tony Sablon has helped hundreds of individuals, families, and business owners bring clarity to their financial plan. This is Tony Sablon with Eagle Strategies. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at ultimatewealthstrategies.com. To receive a free consultation, call me at 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at eaglestrategies.com. Again, that's 425-586-0977 or reach me online at Tony Sablon at EagleStrategies.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. 
Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, January 7th show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information on market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests I have in studio or chat with your host, you can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, my experts is everything you need to know about inspection. Uh, Glad to have both of you back. Keith and Brian, thank you so much. Thanks for having us back, Tina. Yeah, thanks, Tina. They are with Final Phase Inspection. A home inspector is the person that you need. Different than an appraiser who determines the value of the home, the inspector determines the condition of the home and not just the condition of your home right now today but the condition of your home what's going to come up in the future so understanding your home and I like to say the home's personality what it has to offer we all have strengths and weaknesses right oh yeah a home has strengths and weaknesses yes so if the strengths are what you want and the weaknesses you can deal with then it's a great home for you and that's really what your inspector is there to do so again I'm excited to have you guys back in studio um, uh, to talk on this subject and especially for anyone out there that's listening that is a homeowner or anyone that's out there that's listening that's thinking of purchasing a home these are the guys that you need to talk with about your home inspection so a little background about final phase inspection final phase inspection has been providing quality home inspection services in the pacific northwest since 2003 with hundreds of satisfied customers their focus is on customer service and providing the absolute best home inspection experience they have a multiple inspectors with over 60 years combined experience in home construction and remodel as well as restoration from fire and water damage. They offer a flexible schedule and are available seven days a week for whatever convenient time might be for you to have them come out to the property. Special discounts are available. Um, and for police, fire, and military personnel. So you want to ask them about that. They also are proud members of Legacy Caring Organization, as I am as well, which serves our senior communities and their families. Thanks again, you guys, uh, for coming back. I want to go ahead and start out. Uh, Keith, let's go ahead and just uh, start out with you on how does uh, what does a home, and cost, a home inspection cost, if anybody is uh, wondering out there listening to the show? Well, an interesting fact <laughs> is that in most cases, a cost of a home inspection is less than one quarter of one percent of a typical home sale or purchase. That equates to about four to five hundred dollars. And the return on that investment is huge. And maybe to put it into a little different perspective, if you were to buy a car that costs twenty thousand dollars and you could hire someone to come to that location who was certified and qualified, do a complete inspection, give you a full report of anything that affected the functionality and you only had to pay them $50. That's how much a wow. home inspection costs. That's really that's a really interest rate, interesting way to put it because there's a lot of things that are going on, especially in the home purchase process, where there's a lot of costs that are coming in. And so anywhere that they can kind of cut costs, and when you put it down that way, I mean, why would you ever not have a home inspection, period, regardless of how much the cost is, you need to have that home inspection. But when you look at it that way, I mean, it would be ridiculous not to to do that. Um, Brian, what should someone, why are some of the reasons important that you would say that someone should be getting a home inspection? Well, it makes good sense because it saves dollars. Mm -hmm. As Keith said just a minute ago, the percentage of what you're getting for what you're about to buy and purchase is huge. So it can save buyers the negotiating of having to uh, 
you know, get things fixed on their own. Mm-hmm. They can negotiate with the seller. They could have the seller do the items and then they don't have any out-of-pocket expense. As far as sellers, if you find a $1,000 item, no one negotiates at $1,000 at the table. It's $10,000 at a whack. Yes. I've been there, I've done this. Yes. And so fix the $1,000 item, mm-hmm. and you don't have to negotiate those things. Yeah, good good point. And and for your sellers out there, I mean, the pre-inspection, really, it's it's the way to go because of the fact that you, why do you want, all, or not pre-inspection, but you inspecting the home prior to somebody coming in looking at it because buyers are doing pre-inspections, and let me tell you, well, you tell them. What happens when you have 10 inspectors out there crawling all over the roof and doing things? That can't be really good for the home, right? No. No. You you don't want a lot of traffic like that, but you're yeah. going to get it, obviously, when people come through the home. But, you know, and every inspector is going to have their own opinion, some extreme mm-hmm. and some light. Sure. And so you want to just try to hit the middle and be honest with the people who are buying or selling their home as mm-hmm. to their condition. Makes total sense. And I would go back to the car comparison, because unlike a car, this is your home where your family is going to be living as well. So making sure that you've got a safe place for your family is is really important. Keith, what is included in the actual home inspection? We've talked about the cost, four or 500 bucks, depending on the property and the age and all of that. What does that include? Well, a, a quality home inspection actually is a comprehensive evaluation of the entire outside of the house and the inside of the house, as well as all of the grounds that are contained within the property being mm-hmm. sold or purchased. Um, this includes, um, I like to say, uh, everything from the tip of the driveway at the street to the mm-hmm. very top of the roof and on the inside from the very top of the attic inside down to the ground in which the home and the foundation are, are placed on. It also includes all major utilities, uh-huh. uh, your power, your water heater, and your electrical panel, as well as all of your kitchen appliances. Wow. And you're, you guys are the only ones that are really getting in there and truly getting dirty. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to all of the crawl spaces and everything to make sure that that, that home is in, in good condition, or if not, educating what the home needs. So, Brian, what about a common, I know there's a lot of issues that can come up on home, and again, they each have their own individual personality and their own little challenges, but what is a common thing that, we, that we're seeing in, in the properties here in our, in our area? Well, this can be broken up into two sections. Okay. On the outside, we'll find moisture damage siding. And one thing we find is moisture damage decking, which can be very dangerous when you're walking up steps. I actually had a buddy almost break his ankle on a step that he didn't know was rotted. Oh, wow. And so the other thing is you want to be aware of things that are going on on the roof. A lot of places around here have the fake chimneys where they're wood and... Uh, they get moisture damage. Nobody goes up on the roof to check those things yeah. out, and we do. Yes. We find those things. As far as on the inside, you know, service the furnace. That's a big thing, and okay. that can lead to big problems like CO poisoning, carbon monoxide. Wow. Um, leaks under sinks and um, old hot water heaters, that sort of thing. Um, you Disconnected exhaust pipes in the attic. Mm-hmm. So bath vents get up there, and usually when they're disconnected, you'll see a black spot right where they're at because it's allowing organic growth to start. Got it. And that's what we don't want. That's a health issue. Okay. All right. So, Keith, recently a a, a homeowner that you've helped or a potential homeowner coming into the house to purchase it, share with my listeners how you've saved them money. Uh, A great... I know you got tons of stories, but... (laughs) Um, uh, Recently, I was doing an inspection for a buyer 
and it was a home that was built in 2000. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, that's not very old of a home, not a lot of time for things to go wrong. But as Brian was mentioning the importance of having gas furnaces serviced, there had been no service done since the home was new. What we found was there was rust inside of the furnace itself, mm-hmm. rust in the vent pipes. What the result was there was holes in the exhaust vent pipe, which was allowing carbon monoxide mm-hmm. to enter the home up through the attic. And really the way that it saved money was the home, the buyer was able to get the sellers to cover the entire cost of it. Yeah. The repairs typically were, must be in the neighborhood of 1500 maybe twenty five. Okay. Uh, $2,500, but the buyer didn't have to pay for that. Yep. And neither the buyer or the seller is any longer at risk of carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, which is huge. Again, um, the safety of your uh, of your family, what are you willing to pay for that? And uh, Keith, I just, I want to shout out to the importance with the home inspector because you're going to tell them exactly what they need to do when they bought that home at 2000, the maintenance that they should be doing to keep up to make sure these issues are not going to happen. So you really want to pay attention to uh, your ins- your inspector and the advice uh, that's given to keep that home in, in good, good condition. Brian, what about you? What about a recent uh, homeowner or potential homeowner that you've had helped save money with the inspection. Just a week or two ago, I was doing an inspection. I was inspecting the kitchen sink, and I had the dishwasher running. And as I noticed, the water was dripping out of the bottom drain of the kitchen sink. And so I ran my hand down there like I normally would to locate the leak, and the bottom of the drain fell out. It was rusted. It was gone. Water started pouring out. Now, as we know, the dishwashers are hooked up to these drains. Mm -hmm. How many people leave their house after they let the dishwasher start. If they had and someone hadn't noticed that and it leaked later, it would have been damaged from that point all the way down. Finished room below is actually their office, uh-huh. their hardwood floors, carpeting, wow. all that stuff. So that turned into a $20 repair because we found it up front. It uh-huh. would have been thousands, $25,000, $40,000 to fix something like that if it had been let go. Jeez. So let's let's stay on this and talk about costs. Let's let's talk about some kind of minor cost. And in, in a typical little minor things that can come up, what would a cost look like, Keith? Well, on an uh, average. Um, well, before we get to that, um, it really depends on when it's done and who's doing it. Okay. Uh, for example, if you repair things before the sale, mm-hmm. um, your cost is much less. As Brian was mentioning, it's much more expensive to negotiate these costs yes. during the, the sale process. Mm-hmm. Um, also, who's doing it? Um, many homeowners think that they can cut costs by doing repairs themselves uh-huh. when Oftentimes, the professional provides a long-term solution, which is really in the best interest of everybody involved, because our, our focus of our home inspections are really about the safety and health of the people that are going to be inside the house. So your cost is somewhat dependent on when it's done and who's doing it. And, and Brian, I think, can give you some more details on specific costs of items. Okay, Brian? So basically, we've discussed issues on the outside and issues on the inside. So as far as your roofing, you're going to start right around $5 a square foot Mm -hmm. to have a roof replaced. And so that equates to generally a 1,200 square foot house costing you six dollars to $7,000 to start and going up from there. And so you can have, if you have moisture damage siding, it could be as simple as um, finding just the siding or it could go much deeper. So it could start at 500 and go up to thousands depending on how deeply it went. And that's the important part about having your inspector find those things. Yes. You know, as far as the, uh, you know, water heater replacement, 
you're sitting probably right around $1,000 to start with an electric unit uh-huh. and $1,500 for a gas unit to start. And obviously it goes up from there sure. depending on the unit you buy. Uh, plumbing leaks, it could be as simple like I had mentioned earlier. Uh, fixing a drain right now when you find it is mm-hmm. 20 to $50, but if that continues on or you could find major plumbing leaks or problems in, yep. in, in the thousands. Yes. So we have less than 60 seconds, probably 30 seconds before I've got to go to break here, but we need to have an entire show on some tips to take care of the house. So I want to leave you guys there listening that you got to come back and and listen when I bring the guys back in because we're going to do tips. But really quickly, one tip to save some money for my listeners. Replace your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. Keep your family and your friends safe. Thank you very much. Thank you guys so much for coming in. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate everything that you're uh, doing for our community and helping our realtors with their buyers to make sure that uh, the buyers get in, understanding what their house has to offer and how to take care of it. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Tina. Tina. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for my first show of the new year. Make this year your best year ever. That's why I'm here to connect you with the best of the best in all areas regarding your financing so you have the people you need this year to be successful. Enjoy your Saturday, and I look forward to talking with you more about money next Saturday, same place, same time, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. The preceding program was paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information.